Oh, come on, let's praise him together. Let's magnify the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a great hand clap of praise and a shout of triumph. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what you've been facing, Jesus has already conquered it. Come on, he's already defeated it. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, it feels good in the house of the Lord. Doesn't it feel good to worship God together? Doesn't it feel great to give God praise together? Hallelujah. Let that sound of victory rise up. Come on, confuse your adversary. Confuse your enemy by giving God praise anyhow. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. I like what I feel in the house of the Lord here today. Praise God. Amen. Thankful to be in the presence of the Lord today and to be with God's people. I mean, it's good to be back home in Jesus' name. We enjoyed a little bit of time with our family and uh, was very blessed to have the opportunity to do that. Surprised my sister-in-law for her birthday. And, you know, I'm not yet. I know I look like I'm 15, but I'm not. You know, I'm young enough to get into trouble. Amen. But I'm old enough now to know not to. Amen. And uh, I live long enough to know that there's just some things that are irreplaceable. Amen. Family is irreplaceable. Church is irreplaceable. Amen. Your walk with God is irreplaceable. And so it's always important to take moments and just enjoy the time with your family. And amen, it's important to be in the presence of God as well. Enjoy the people of God and the presence of God. And to never take those for granted. Amen. Amen. Uh, God, a couple announcements. If you could grab your Bibles, though, and turn to the book of Genesis chapter 29 and beginning of verse 15. Amen. This upcoming week, we're going to be doing our church cleaning as was announced. We do want to let you know that it'll be starting at 6.30 p.m. this Friday, and we'll be announcing, telling more about it. But if you do sign up or if you have signed up, uh, we will be reaching out to you this week and giving you a job, assigning you a job that you can take care of. And uh, we like to take care of this uh, this every once, at least once a year, we take time to do a deep cleaning. Uh, but I also want to take a moment and, you know, we do this deep cleaning once a year. But I want to say a public thank you to Brother and Sister Dixon for heading up our cleaning department. I think we ought to give them a hand. Amen. They make sure that their team, and I want to thank them and their team because as more families are involved, and uh, they make sure that every week we get to come in and the church is clean and it smells nice and there's, uh, there's paper towels for you to dry your hands on. And they make sure that that stuff is taken care of week in, week out, a lot of times without thanks, without applause. Uh, but we want, we want to thank them for that. Amen. And all of those that are involved, we also want to take this opportunity. This, this is a great opportunity uh, as we come together to help do a deep clean for those that, that are wondering, man, what can I do in the kingdom of God? You know, they always can use more folks to help clean uh, around the house of the Lord. Uh, it, would help, it would help those that are part of the team to have a little more time with their families if we could spread it out throughout the month. And, uh, and so if you're interested in something like that, please see Brother Dixon. Brother Dixon, wave your hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you want to get involved in something like that, that's the man that you talk to. And then also one more final announcement. Um, 
that all of those that were part of the corral for Christmas Eve, uh, my wife, Sister Hood, would like to meet with you uh, right back in the back room, right after the altar call, immediately following that. And uh, she's got some stuff she wants to share with you. And so you'll be blessed by that in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. We're going to read, a, we're gonna read a, a little bit of this, this passage here today. Amen. I also want to say, uh, amen, thank you very much to Brother Troy Diaz for preaching on Wednesday night. Didn't he do a great job? Amen. I was shouting with you. I felt the Holy Ghost on, online, and, and God was moving. Amen. Genesis chapter 29 and verse number 15. I'm going to read enough scripture today that if I don't preach good, you got the word. Amen. In fact, I'm going to do you a, I'm going to do you a huge favor. We don't normally do this, but I'm going to let you be seated. Just keep your Bibles with you. We're going to read the Bible, but I'm going to let you be seated because I'm going to read a, a few passages of Scripture. Amen. But keep your Bible open. Genesis chapter 29 and verse 15. The Bible says, And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught or for nothing? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed. I want to talk about that in a little while. But Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. It's a big difference there. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. Now, I can't think of one man in this building that worked seven years for their wife. And Rachel must have been really pretty. He said, I worked seven years for Rachel. And Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel. And they seemed unto him but a few days. Now, I know there's a lot of love birds in the house of the Lord here today. Seven years of hard labor under the unrelenting sunshine, out with smelly animals, seven years, and he was so smitten, it was but a few days. The Bible says why. It was for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, after all this time, verse 21, give me my wife. There's some single folks in the house. The Lord felt that. I didn't get married until I was 28. I felt that verse for a long time. Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the even that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpha, her, his maid, for a handmaid. And it came to pass in the morning. Behold, it was Leah. I can imagine that moment for Jacob. They didn't have LED lights. Amen. He, he made sure Laban was smart. He made it in the middle of the night, the darkest point of the night. And when he woke up, the sun came through. He rolled over. Ah! It was Leah. <laughs> That's actually in your Bible. And he said to Laban, now I can only imagine this. What is this that you have done unto me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Wherefore hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, 
it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and I will also give thee for that service which thou shalt serve me. Yet seven more years. I'll still give you what you want, but it's going to take a little longer than you expected. And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. Now notice how the Bible never says that that seemed but a few days. The first seven, he was excited. And then he got Leah. And the next little while, he worked. And he put his head down. And the Bible says he gave Rachel his daughter to wife also. And Laban gave Rachel his daughter Bela, her handmaid, to be her maid. And he went also unto Rachel. Notice this. He loved Rachel more than Leah and served him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, I love God. He opened up her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, Surely the Lord has looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. She said, Maybe if I have a kid, this relationship will get better. Hallelujah. There's some folks living in the real world right now. Maybe, maybe my husband will see me. She bare again, and she, and, the, and she says, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he has given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon, simply meaning the Lord has heard me. Maybe now we'll have some kind of communication. And the Bible continues on and says, She conceived again and bare a son, and she said, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, uh, she, she called his name Levi. This is where you get the priesthood, you get the ministry. Maybe now there will be a union. Man, she's naming her kids after everything she's going through. And all of this, she's saying, maybe, maybe my husband will love me now. And then the Bible says she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, now, she doesn't even bring her husband into this conversation. She stops saying, I'm going to produce enough where he'll finally love me and care about me. She said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah and left bearing. Amen. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, the beautiful side of ugly. The beautiful side of ugly. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray all across this building. Hallelujah. I want to minister to somebody in the Holy Ghost. This has been a burden on my spirit. And I want to help you here today if you'd let me. And I want, to, I want to minister to the best of my ability. I pray that God would help me to speak the words that he gives. And I pray that God would open up our ears and open up our hearts. Would you pray with me here today? Oh, Father, we worship you. We thank you today. Hallelujah for everything that you bring into our lives. Hallelujah, the good, the bad, and the ugly, God. We thank you for it. We give you praise in advance, Jesus. And we know, Lord, that there's good things that come even out of the most difficult situations. And, God, we're, we're not going to fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and give him praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You may stay seated. Praise God. Amen. The beautiful side of ugly. I want to use this story to help as an allegory for life itself. 
As we read in our text, as we get a little backstory and background, we find that Jacob is on the run from his murderous brother Esau. Now, why is his brother murderous? I'll tell you why. Because he lied, cheated, and stole from his brother. And now Jacob, after making some bad decisions, has the consequences of those bad decisions chasing him down. He follows the instructions of his mother, and he goes to her brother Laban's house. This is the setting of our text here today. Upon arrival, he sees the most beautiful woman he's ever laid eyes on, a woman by the name of Rachel. In fact, the Bible says, amen, a couple of verses before our text, that he kissed her and he wept. Amen. He was so smitten with his eyes that he kissed her and it brought tears to his eyes. Amen. This man was, this man was sprung. Amen. This man was in trouble. The Bible de- describes, amen, that it was love at first sight when dealing with the beautiful Rachel. The Bible describes her as being beautiful. Another translation says she was of a goodly shape. The Bible says in another translation she was pleasant to look at. She was a 12 out of 10 bombshell. Amen. The Bible is basically saying she was almost as beautiful as my wife. Amen. She's not even in the room to hear it. Praise God. Somebody get the tape for her. Praise God. She was beautiful. Amen. The Bible doesn't give descriptors without purpose. The Bible's trying to let us know something. She was gorgeous. Amen. And when Laban asked Jacob what he wanted as payment, he did not hesitate one moment. He said, I want to marry the most beautiful woman in the whole world. I want to marry your beautiful daughter, Rachel. And Laban agreed to Jacob that if he would work for seven long years, after the end of seven years, he would be given the beautiful Rachel. This guy was so smitten that the Bible declares the seven years went by as if it were but a few days because he was so in love with Rachel. I have no doubt, I can see in my mind's eyes, that he whistled while he worked. Amen. Every day it did not matter how tough the day was, how hot the sun was, amen, how tired he would get, amen, in the middle of the day, he would look over uh, at the rest of the ladies and he'd pick the one out of the crowd he's working for and he'd see Rachel and a smile would come to his face. And no matter how tired he was, he got excited, no longer was he tired. He immediately got to working 10 times harder, amen, and he did it with a smile on his face. And on the last day of his seven-year labor uh, term, amen, he was there at the door of Laban's house knocking probably 6 a.m., maybe 5 a.m., maybe before the sun came up. He was knocking on the door saying, I've counted every day, 365 days a year for seven years, and today is my day. And he tells Laban, all right, Laban, I'm ready to marry Rachel Today's the day, and Laban agreed and started making wedding preparations. And the Bible declares, and it takes a story on a unique turn, because it tells us it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her unto him. In the middle of the night, at the darkest moment, 
when Jacob could not see properly, when he did not know what was going on, Laban hoodwinked Jacob. He did a little bait and switch on Jacob. He said, you work seven years, this is what you're going to get. And he said, all right, I would have worked 20, but you said seven. What a deal. And he signed on the dotted line. But when the time came to receive that which he worked and labored hard for, amen, it was switched out for something that he did not want. It seemed like all was well until he rolled over in the morning. Amen. And that son came down and he saw Leah. And no doubt he fell out of bed. Amen. Scared out of his mind of what just happened. The Bible's not afraid to deal with these uncomfortable subjects. It calls Rachel a gorgeous tin of a woman. But when it came to Leah, the Bible had to use a metaphor. She had a good personality. Amen. Some of y'all get that next week. She's funny. She's really a hard worker. <laughs> Amen. If that's ever something you say, man, oh, man, you got hoodwinked. Praise God. But the Bible declares she was weak-eyed, tender-eyed. Another translation, she's not pleasant to the eyes. She's not easy to look at. Man, the Bible doesn't pull any punches. It wanted you to see the contrast of Rachel, who the Bible declares, one of the few people in the entire Bible, it declares is beautiful. And just like Sarah, amen, so beautiful. This has got to be the one for Jacob. And then it says, Leah was hard to look at. She was ugly. <laughs> you know, I, I want to talk to us about life for a little bit here today. We're a lot like Jacob. We want Rachel. We don't want Leah. It makes sense when you see what comes from Rachel. In fact, that's why many of us want Rachel in our life. She produced Benjamin and Joseph. Benjamin's name means power, son of my right hand, the son of power. And Joseph was a dreamer who rose to a place of authority. I wonder why, amen, she, he wanted Rachel. But it makes sense when you look at it even from a biblical perspective. Who doesn't want a life filled with beauty? Who doesn't want a life filled with power? Who doesn't want a life filled with everything that happens inside of dreams? Everybody wants a beautiful life. Everybody in this building wants a beautiful life. Everybody's attracted to beauty. 99% of the people in this building, there might be that outlier, but 99% of the people in this building want a beautiful life. We make plans for a beautiful life. We dream of the beauty of the beauty that life will bring. We work hard for this beautiful life. We pray hard for this beautiful life. We work for it. We pray for it. We struggle for it. We want that pretty Instagram-worthy life. We want the highlight real life. We want the life where we assume other people have. You know what I'm talking about. The life where the dog never barks. The kids never cry. The boss is always nice. The budget never breaks. The marriage never fights. The church never has problems. The car never runs out of gas. The body never gets sick. And where everything falls perfectly into place. Everybody wants Rachel. 
Everybody wants beautiful. Everybody wants that kind of life. I'm preaching to people right now that that is what you set out for in your life. That is what you are currently working for fingers to the bone 60 hours a week for. You want that beautiful life. You want that American dream. Who doesn't want to have that nice nice house, that nice car, that perfect family? Who doesn't want to have the white picket fence and the dog named Scruffy? Who, who doesn't want to have their kids get along? Who doesn't want to have their family have it all together. Everybody wants beauty. Everybody wants Rachel. No wonder Jacob was so mad at Laban. He signed up for beauty and he got a beast. You know, we all want beauty. But you know, there's an ugly side to beauty. Rachel is not as pretty as she seems. You know that Instagram life that you follow and you tag and you post and repost and you're always on there? I'm talking to our generation. Their life that seems so perfect and has everything together. I want to tell you, that's not as nice as it seems. The grass is not always greener when you look across the fence. Amen. Sometimes it's like the folks in California, even in the middle of a drought, they're spray painting their grass. Amen. Instagram has filters for a reason. It makes you think that everything is a lot better on the other side. Amen. There are things, Rachel, from the right angle, you think it's all perfect and all together, but all you got to do is read your Bible a little bit, and you'll find out what happens and what comes of the life of Rachel and what comes of the life of Rachel's descendants. Uh, the Bible would tell us that Rachel, not Leah, Rachel was the one that brought idols from her father's house into a man of God's house. It was Rachel that brought idolatry into a Christian home. It was, it was beautiful that brought good, uh, evil things uh, into the home. And I have seen it time and time again. Amen. I know that there's people that you're blessed because God trusts you to be blessed. And you're favored because God trusts you to be favored. But there's other people, you work your fingers to the bone just to get Rachel. And when you get Rachel, it brings idolatry into your life. And when you get Rachel, when you finally get the boat, you're out on Sundays. Amen. Out on your boat. Amen. When you finally get the nice house, you got to repair the house. And yet you don't make it to the house of the Lord. When you finally get Rachel, you've worked your fingers to the bone. I want to tell you there's an ugly side to what you call beautiful. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. There's some folks right now that you want this beautiful and you think it's all that. Amen. But I want to tell you, don't pray for something you can't handle. Don't work for something you can't handle. Don't go into debt for something you can't pay off. I, gonna, I, can't, I feel in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to preach. I'm going to pause here for just a moment. Listen, there are people in this building right now, you are so infatuated with Rachel that you will, you will, you will paint anything to make it look like Rachel. You're going to paint Leah up to try to make her look like Rachel. Amen. Because you are so in love with Rachel. Amen. There's people right now that are going into debt to buy things they can't afford to impress people they don't even like. And they're trying, uh, they're trying to make it look like I've got Rachel in my life. I've got good things in my life. But it is producing the wrong character in your life. It is producing, mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. You finally got what you wanted, but it's leading you down a path you never wanted to go. Amen. It was Rachel's kids. You, you follow it all the way down. It was because of Benjamin. You find the Benjamin produced a, a man by the name of King Saul who is constantly throwing 
daggers and spears at King David. Amen. And, and later you read that Joseph's sons become the sons of, 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 of Jacob by adoption. And he's got Ephraim and Manasseh. But you find Manasseh, amen, they don't even go all the way into Jerusalem. Half of them stay back and the other half goes over. Amen. They're a half and half Christian. And then you've got, you got Ephraim, who the Bible says, amen, in one of the minor prophets, the Bible says God said leave Ephraim alone. Why? Because he's joined unto idols, which means, amen, what Rachel brought to the home all those generations ago made its way down her lineage. And it produce something ugly. It produced an idolatrous, backslidden, halfway in, halfway out, lukewarm Christian. I want to tell you, if the boat's going to send you to hell, get rid of the boat. If the, if the house is going to send you to hell, sell the house. If the dog's going to keep you out, get rid of the dog. Get rid of the cat. What? Hallelujah. Just because it's beautiful doesn't mean it's good. We want that beautiful. And there's people right now, you are, you are, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong on me. You are struggling and you are fighting because you want Rachel. But if you would have just been happy with Leah, you wouldn't have had to work that much. The Bible says, Paul said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. But there are people that are discontent with where they are. I'm not talking about, uh, boy, we should stop striving for more. We should always strive for more. But we ought to learn to be thankful for what we have. And... Envy and greed comes from being unthankful for what the Lord has done. Covetousness comes when we lose our gratefulness and our thankfulness. And we say, I don't want what God gave me. I don't want what life gave me. I want that. If we're not careful, we'll start working our finger to the bone and we will break ourselves. And we will destroy ourselves to try to get the appearance of of Rachel. I'm, I'm going to preach to this generation because this generation is so inundated with visuals and what it looks like. Well, if you look like you got a nice car, man, that's, that's awesome, but you can't afford the payment. And that's not a blessing. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, they add no sorrow with it. And you want to look like you got it all together. Listen, brothers and sisters, it's so much better to have it together than to look like you have it together. It's so much better. You sleep a lot better at night, amen, knowing that your bills are paid uh, than everybody thinking that you are well off. You sleep a lot better at night, amen, when you actually take care of your marriage than when you always post about your spouse and try to make up for the negative things you said about your spouse. It, when you just have it, you don't got to flaunt it because you got it. But if we're not careful, we try to paint everything to make it look like Rachel. We want to make life look beautiful. Amen. Laban told Jacob, listen, you can still have Rachel. You can still have beautiful because that stuff comes in life. Let me tell you, beautiful things are not always bad. Good and beautiful things come in life. But we want them now. That's the challenge with the current generation. They want what their grandparents have, but they want it now. As one old preacher, amen, Elder Von Morton said, it takes a long time to get a gate. Now, he was not the originator of that statement. But it takes a long time to get a gate. Uh, it takes a long time to get carpet on the ground. It takes a long time. But the challenge is, is that we feel like, we, this is what somebody said, it was so good. They said we overestimate what we can do in one year, and we underestimate what we can do in a couple decades. Let me tell you what grandma and grandpa did. They took the decade approach. They took the Leah approach. It wasn't pretty. Amen. They, they bought the fixer-upper. They they. Mm, they bought the used car. They went after the thing because they were trying to build a life and not a moment on Instagram. They were trying to build a, they were trying to build a beautiful life and not a beautiful moment. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost 
Because I'm coming to, I'm coming to really deliver somebody right now of, of always feeling like you're under the spotlight and feeling like you're under the optics and that you got to perform uh, for the audience. But I want to tell you, nobody's looking at you. Nobody's watching you. Doesn't matter how many followers you have or don't have. Nobody's, nobody's caring about what you got going on. But you care about what you got going on. And so he said, listen, you want Rachel, you can still have Rachel. But you need to fulfill your time with Leah first. Before I give you, Rachel, I want to tell you, Laban's like life. Laban's like life. It promises beauty, but it requires us to first learn to embrace the ugly. It promises us good things, and then you get pain. It promises us blessing, but then you go through grief. Let me tell you, that's the, that is life. For those that are so busy fighting against it, that is life. Amen. Welcome to the real world. Praise God. Amen. The first seven years, the Bible says it was but a few days for Jacob. Amen. But, but as he had to work and he lived, amen, although he was getting what he wanted, amen, it seemed as if the next several years of his life, the next 14 years of his life where he's working, amen, for, to, to, he's paying back getting Rachel. In fact, that's what really happened. He got Rachel after a week, but he had to work seven years. He went into debt for Rachel, amen. He went backwards for Rachel, amen, and now he had to try to make it up in the next 14 years. And there are people that feel like Jacob. He threw ugly to the side in his pursuit of the attractive. Amen. I'm going to preach to somebody. I, trust me. I've got, I've got a word from the Lord here today. This is, what he, this is what he said, and there's people in this building. You feel this. Hurry up and get me through this season. Let me say that again. Hurry up and get me through this season. I want to hurry up and get through this moment so I can finally get to what I want. Hurry up and get us out of this position so we can get out of it. I want to tell you, the church, if we're not careful, we get in that position. God, hurry up and get us out of this place so we can get to the next place. But I want to tell you, there's beautiful things that are about to be produced in this place. Miracles are coming out of this place. Signs are coming out of this place. Glory days are coming out of this place. Listen, I'm not preaching to you something I've not felt myself. I feel it all the time. God, hurry up and get me out of this season. I'm ready for the good days. Pastor Mayo preached glory days. I'm ready for the glory days. I'm ready for people to walk in off the streets and crowd the front of the altar. I'm ready for the alcoholics to come in and drug addicts to come in. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for full choirs. I'm ready for sound systems. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. But I want to tell you, church, we can't be going backwards just to go forwards. We can't. We can't let go of Leah just trying to get a hold of Rachel. We got to learn to love the ugly side too. We cannot, if we're not careful, you know, there's people right now that right now, they're, this happens to parents. Man, they're, man, I wish my kid was out of diapers, and they're out of diapers. Man, I wish my kid would, would start walking, and then they start walking, and then you got to tell them to sit down and shut up. Uh, and before it's all said and done, they're 18 years old and they're out of the house. And we rush ourselves through life not realizing we only have a little bit of it. There's people right now, you are rushing your way through life. You've been just trying to get to the next season, the next season, the next season, that you are missing the beauty of the season. Listen, we've had a really long winter. Man, my wife loves winter, but even my wife's like, I I'm ready for winter to be over. <laughs> I don't care if you are the abominable snowman. You don't like the winter anymore. You're done. You're done with the snow. But there's people right now that you, 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 you have been so mad that it's winter time, amen, that you, you forgot to thank the Lord uh, that the snow is filling up the water table. 
I'm going to use this to help somebody. There's some people right now that you, when springtime comes, you're going to be so sick of the rain, amen, that you're going to forget about the flowers. Amen. There's some folks you're going to get to summer. Amen. I hate it when it's hot. Amen. That you're going to miss out on the fact that the lake is nice. Amen. There's some folks you're going to get to fall and you're going to think, man, I'm tired of the fact that it's getting cold and the leaves are all dead because you missed out on the summer. But I want to tell you, when those leaves fall, it's preparing for new life. And there's people right now, you are in a Leah season of your life, and it is ugly, and you want to rush your way through this season. But can I preach to somebody for just a moment? You need to stop and smell the roses. Uh, you need... I know that not everybody is worried. Not your whole family's not perfect. I know your kids might be acting up, but soon they'll be out of the house, and you might as well just stop and smell the roses and enjoy the fact, uh, amen, none of us are appointed uh, to live forever. It is appointed on a man once to die, and after that, the judgment. I know that your marriage is currently struggling, but I want to tell you that life doesn't last forever, so you might as well enjoy the years God gives you. Uh, Oh, somebody give him praise. I know you're not where you want to be, uh, but brothers and sisters, can you celebrate where you are? I know you don't have Rachel yet, but can you love Leah? Can you? Come on, somebody preach with me in the Holy Ghost. I know it's not pretty right now, but can you learn to love it? I know it's not beautiful right now, but beauty's coming out of it if you'll take a moment to stop. Somebody in this house is fighting the ugly seasons of their life. They're saying this. In fact, you said this this week. I didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's more than one person. There's families right now. I didn't ask for this. We didn't ask for this. We didn't sign up for this. See, you didn't read the fine print. In fact, it's invisible ink. Praise God. We didn't work this long for this. We didn't wait this long for this. Hey, listen, I'm preaching where I have lived. Hey, man, wait. He said, man, I didn't, I, didn't wait. I, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't think it was going to be like that. I, I, I didn't read the fine print. I, I, thought, I thought this was going to happen, and this was going to go happen, and, and this was going to happen. And, 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 and it said, it's, it's God says, you're going to wait a little longer. 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 And, and there's people in this building thinking to themselves, maybe if I just ignore Leah, she'll go away. Maybe if I just avoid this ugly situation long enough, it will just disappear from my life. Maybe if I just avoid it altogether, amen, it will go. Amen. But I want to preach to somebody, amen, you cannot medicate your way out of Leah. And you cannot medicate your way out of ugly situations. Amen. Because if you medicate your way out, if you escape your way out, amen, if you just hold on until it gets done, you miss out on the most beautiful side of ugly. Can I preach to somebody? There is a beautiful side to ugly. The Bible says when the Lord saw that ugly was hated, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened up her womb. Can I preach to somebody? That season you want to get out of is going to produce the greatest things in your walk with God. That season you can't wait to leave is going to produce the greatest revival for the church. That season you can't wait to get rid of is about to bless you in ways you never thought possible. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give the Lord some praise. So don't medicate your way through the ugly. Embrace the ugly. Love. Come on, I know it's not pretty. I know nobody else will shout with you on this. They won't shout you with you on the ugly. They'll shout with you when it's beautiful. They'll shout with you when it's good. 
There's people you're medicating your way through ugly. Amen. Instead of embracing it and letting it produce in you and let it be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody? Acceptance is a huge deal. Instead of fighting it and saying, I don't like this, let me tell you. There are people right now that are like toddlers. <laughs> I've been one myself. Kicking and dropping to the floor and just screaming and hitting my hand on the ground, saying, God, change it. But you know, tantrums never change nothing. Because <laughs> whether you like it or not, you're still going through the season. I could kick my, I could put myself on the ground, hit my head, say, I, I can't wait for the, let the winter be over, and it's going to snow tonight. Didn't matter if I threw a tantrum. Nothing changed. Let me help somebody. Pessimism is not changing anything. Negativity is not changing anything. Being down about it is not going to change anything. In fact, in fact, fighting against it is not changing anything. Rejecting that it's happening is not changing anything. I come to preach in the Holy Ghost to somebody. As your pastor, I want to preach to you. You need to learn to accept that sometimes Laban gives you things you don't want. Sometimes life gives you things you don't want, you never ask for. But the worst thing you can do is try to ignore what life gives you and fight off what life gives you and avoid seasons that life gives you. But the most blessed thing you can do is find the beauty in the ugly, uh, to find the good things in the bad, uh, to find... Can I preach to you? Accept it. Accept it. Accept it. I don't like where I am, but I accept where I am. I don't. It's not pretty where I am. It's not beautiful where I am, but I accept that that's where I am. And if I accept that's where I am, I can get from where I am to where I need to go. Instead of fighting against what you cannot change, accept it. There's people right now just, uh, I, don't, I don't want to accept it. I don't want to accept it. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of preaching. It's going to free some folks tonight. We're going to have a Holy Ghost freedom service today. And you know what it's going to come from? Not God get rid of it. It's going to come from, okay, Lord, I don't like it, but I accept it. And when we accept it, when we accept what we can't change, we can let what we can't change change us. We let it produce beautiful things in us. Amen. I want to preach to somebody. There's a beautiful side to ugly. Can I make it real practical for some folks? Budgets are ugly. Budgets are ugly, but they bring blessings. Diets are ugly, but they make you healthier. Amen. Difficult discussions are ugly. Amen. But they can, they can bring about great resolution. Amen. Those hard moments of life that you want to fight against, they are ugly. Nobody wants to go through them. Grief is ugly. Pain is ugly. Amen. There's nothing beautiful about that. But what comes out of it is beautiful. This is why the Bible promises he will give beauty for ashes. But there's some folks, amen, they don't want to let it burn down. They're constantly trying to save it from going to ashes. They just want to keep it beautiful the way it was. Amen. They're so constantly bound on what it was that they won't accept that it's got to go to ashes before it ever becomes beautiful. Amen. That the seed has got to die before it ever grows. That things have got. Let's stand across the building. Lift up our hands all across this house.
Come on, there's a beautiful side to ugly, and it's what ugly will produce in your life. Amen, there's a beautiful side to the difficult situation, and it's what the difficult situation is going to produce in your life. There's something beautiful about that ugly season of your life that you might be in right now, but I want to tell you that is going to produce one of the most beautiful things. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, all across this house, the Holy Ghost is moving. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. There's some folks, you are so bound up looking at Rachel that God has brought you Leah and life has brought you Leah and it wants to produce beautiful things in your life. And if you reject Leah, you'll never get the beauty that comes from ugly. But if you embrace it, good things are coming. Let me help somebody here today. We know all things work together for the good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. Notice the first part of this phrase. We know all things. Everybody say all things. things. Do you know one plus one is two? Come on, somebody say amen to math. And there's people right now, you are rejecting one because it's ugly. You're rejecting a current season of your life because it's ugly. But all things work together, which means you need that season as well to work with the next season to produce a good season. And if we reject the ugly moments, we'll never get the beautiful one. Let me tell somebody what it produced in the life just the first little bit. I, I, got, I could preach this all week. Hallelujah. The Bible says she, that when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, when, she, when he saw that Leah was rejected, when he saw that, that, that she didn't get any love because she was not pretty, amen, she was the underdog. Amen, emphasis on the dog. I'm just kidding. Praise God. The Bible says he opened her womb. And, and Rachel was barren. Beautiful things don't always produce in your life. But there are those moments she brings forth Reuben. Reuben means the Lord has seen. She said this, I will be seen. I want to tell you what Reuben produced. Everybody say vision. You know, ugly things will help you get a good vision. You know, a death in the family, it's difficult, but it really gives you a better vision of how life really is. Man, it'll help you see things a lot clearer. And you get 20-20 vision after you go through that loss and that grief, and all of a sudden you realize, oh, my goodness, I don't have a lot of time on this earth, and I better take care of it. You get a better vision, and it was ugly, but you got a better vision from it. She produced again, and she got Simeon. The Bible says this was the name means the Lord has heard. She says, I will be heard. I'll tell you what, what ugly situations will do in a Christian's life. It'll produce a prayer life in, your, in you. Hallelujah. You know, there's some folks, you know, you can't bless them into a prayer life. Man, I wish we could just bless people into a prayer life. No, you're going to have to get sick. I know I'm preaching, man. Man, I'm telling you, there's some folks, my pastor even said a couple weeks ago, that God wants to just do it for you, but he knows that some folks are just not going to get it unless he puts them in a situation. So some folks, they're never going to learn how to pray until they get sick. And so God allows you to get sick so you can learn how to pray. And I'm not saying God's doing this to be cruel. All things are working together for good. God's doing good. She said, uh, finally, I'm going to be heard. 
And then she produced Levi. You know, ugly situations will produce ministry in your life. I'm not preaching to you today because all the beautiful things in my life. I'm actually here today because of the worst things in my life. And everything the devil meant for evil, God intended it for good. I want to tell you, she produced a lot more than just these, but I want to help somebody. Amen. She produced a child by the name of Judah, which means the Lord will be praised. Those ugly situations in your life will make a praiser out of you. You want to know how David danced before the Lord? He said, when my call, amen, which was a daughter of Saul, which was a daughter all the way back of Rachel, she's making fun of David's worship. Beauty was making fun of ugly worship. And he said, listen, you think I was dancing for you? You got it wrong. He said, I was dancing for the Lord. He said, because I, I remember a day. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some folks, you've been fighting your past so long and, and trying to avoid your past for so long, but if you would embrace your past as ugly as it is, it'll make a praiser out of you. It'll make a worshiper out of you because those that have been forgiven of much, the same love much. And David said, I remember a lion and I remember a bear. I remember a hard time. I remember an ugly time. I remember when I didn't think I was going to make it. I remember when we didn't know if we were going to pay the bills. I remember when we were unhealthy. I, I remember when somebody, when this, this person passed away. I remember when we were going through a tough time. And the Lord delivered me out of the paw. And David began to praise the Lord. Not because of his good times but because of these ugly times. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And finally, Jesus is known as the son of David, which is the son of Jesse, which is the son of Obed, which you follow the lineage all the way down, son of Boaz and Ruth. Uh, follow that lineage all the way down, Brother Jonathan. You know what you come to? Judah. And you go further from Judah, you know what you go to? Leah. And you follow it all the way in the New Testament. And guess who comes out of the root of Jesse? Jesus Christ. Well, I just don't know. I just don't know. It's just too tough of a situation, Pastor. It's just, it's too ugly. It's too rough. I don't, I don't know what to do. It's, it's hard to look at. It's hard to, it's hard to deal with. I, I just, I don't know. Jesus wants to come out of your ugly. He wants to come out of your pain. He wants to come out of your grief. He wants to come out of your hard times. But you got to embrace it. Lift up your hands all across this building. Come on, lift up your hands. Let's pray. Let's pray. In fact, I want to open up this altar. Would you, would you come down to the front? Right now, I, I know this might seem a little one of those stop and smell the roses type message and look on the bright side messages, but that's exactly what I've come to do for somebody. You need, a, you need to stop looking on the bad side and looking on the ugly side. You, you need to look at the beautiful side of ugly right now. Come on, the cross was ugly. Uh, there was no beauty that we should desire him, but salvation's beautiful.
living for God's beautiful. Come on, it comes as a result of enduring. Come on, I want you to come and pray. I want you to come and pray. I want you to pray. I want you to listen to me for just a moment. We're going to pray. Two, man, two months after the attack on Pearl Harbor, President Roosevelt executed an order which mandated the internment of all Japanese Americans. They were forced, because of this executive order, to sell or abandon all their homes and businesses at a quick loss to move into the temporary assembly camps while the internment camps were being built. They were removed from their homes to 10 relocation camps across the remote areas of the Western United States. This is actually in your history books. It's an atrocity. But despite their loss of liberty and their demoralizing surroundings, the internees worked relentlessly to transform their, their, their reality into a livable environment. They used whatever scrap metals that they could find to build furniture, to build spaces for community needs, for worship spaces, meeting spaces, classrooms, libraries. They even transformed the landscape by planting orchards and flowers and plants. They took this ugly situation and they built a garden. Surely they wanted to go back home. But instead they said, you know what? We're going to embrace this ugly moment and we're going to make something beautiful out of it. I've come to preach to somebody. Lift up your hands. Right now, you want out? You want to escape? You'd like to go back to the way things were before the ugly happened? I want to tell you, that may never happen. It might happen. It may never happen. I can't promise you that. But what I can tell you is that in the middle of it, you can take all the pieces that are broken and all the scraps that are broken, and you can build something beautiful out of the ugly. Come on, would you pray? We're going to pray until somebody gets a breakthrough. We're going to press until somebody gets a breakthrough. Accept where you are and build a better future. Accept what you've been going through and build a better tomorrow. Come on, somebody right now. God's given you tools. Amen. It might look like a scrap. It might look like a broken piece. But God's given you the utensils you need to build a better tomorrow. But you've got to embrace it. Come on, as they sing, I want us to lift up our voices and begin to pray all across this building. There's a beautiful side to ugly. God wants to produce beautiful things in your life. God wants to produce beautiful things in your family. But you've got to embrace it. I know it's not pretty. I know it's not easy. But if you'll embrace it, if you'll embrace it, God will make something out of you. That Jesus carries Come on, that's it all across this building. Somebody pray. As they sing this. Come on, don't want it. Don't wish yourself out of where you are. Wait on the Lord. Right where you are in the season you're in. Build a garden. Build a garden. There's not a night 
to dark, a journey too long to embark. Jesus will see you through. In time, he'll make you new. Our God, he cares about us. So wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And he'll Yeah. Hey.